Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. When you're in a situation where maybe you're not, you know, for lack of lack of better words, not playing for anything. So for me, I play for the name on the on the on the front, even though it doesn't say it on there. But you know, I play for that Raiders, and I play for you know my my family as well. So there's really no question. It's just a you know I play one type of way. So if I'm out there, it's going to be full go, and it's going to be you know hopefully a lot of excitement. Um, you know, if I get opportunities to, to you know with the ball, but. Um, yeah, like I said, just pride. I, I play for that, uh, the name on the front and the back, and that, that gets me through it. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. I know you can't hear me, Raider Nation. You can hear me now. But I know you couldn't hear me about 15 to 20 seconds ago. But listening to that open, and I have no idea, Damon Cotton, who's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and I am as well. Again, checking out the studio. It's nice to be back in the studio for once. I'm listening to that open that he put together and did a great job, and I thought, what a great open for today's show. So well done, Damon. I do appreciate that. Uh, it's almost like he was reading my mind because I wanted to come in hot today on the, on the show, and really, I know a lot of conversations have been going on about the future, the future, what's next, what's next, what's going on in the offseason. It's not the offseason yet. Right? There's still one more game this Saturday. Allegiant Stadium. AFC West Division rival. The hated Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I know that, you know, the Raiders hosted the Niners on Sunday. I get it. But this is the Chiefs. AFC West Division opponent. I get it, man. It's It, it means a lot. Right? I know we won't have Lincoln Kennedy on the show today, but Lincoln, Lincoln hates the Chiefs. Right? I mean, all these former players on Kansas City side and the Raiders side hate each other. Not... not personally, but just hate those colors. So it means something. And even though the Raiders aren't going to move on after this game, we know that the Raiders season's over. They'll eventually have their exit interviews, whether it's Sunday or Monday. Whatever it is, we'll be all over it. We'll talk to the head coach. We'll talk to the GM, hopefully. Talk to some players. I mean, whatever it is, we'll be all over it. But there's still a game to be played. And so hearing Devontae Adams say, yeah, I'm playing for the name on the front and the back, even though it doesn't say Raiders on the front of his jersey, to go out there with that pride. That means something. It should mean something. Regardless, regardless of what tomorrow's going to bring, you still have today. And what I mean by today, obviously, I mean Saturday. But, man, for to have the opportunity to have one more game in front of your own crowd, and I know there'll be Chiefs fans there, and we saw what all happened last week with the 49er fans. I get it, but you're in your building. You get to have your family there, right? I mean, everything is right there in front of you. Why not go out with a bang? And then, of course, there's still a lot you know, on the line as well as far as quarterback Jared Stidham. He's going to get his second career start. But, I mean, just to go out there and play with a lot of pride is really going to be kind of the theme of today's show. So uh, well done on that open. I'm very excited about it. And before we even start talking about the guests that we have coming up, Damon, I mean, how pumped up are you, man? We got one more pre-pre-show. And then we know it's a wrap. So how pumped up are you for Saturday? I'm so pumped up. Like I know that last year we had the expectations of playoffs, but still for this game against the Chiefs, Allegiant Stadium, the last game of the right. season, I'm pumped up. So when I heard Devontae Adams talking in that clip, like you said, man, I thought it was perfect. Yeah. Where it's just, hey, man, it's about the name that's on the front, Raiders. Right. It's about Raider Nation. Right. I remember you mentioned Lincoln. We're not going to have him on the show, but that was the one game where he would still say, hey, if you need me to suit up. Yeah, give me a jersey. <laughs> it would be for the Chiefs. Right. Because through my osmosis with Raider Nation, I don't like the Chiefs either now. <laughs> I don't. Where it's like, for me, what's the big rivalry of the three in the AFC West? Right. For me, it's just something about the Chiefs because they have been on top well, for so long. Well, they've been so, so good, yeah. Yes. Yep. 
But the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, when people want to make their jokes, the Muppet King, and, you know, make fun of his voice, I'm right there with you. I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> I, I say it all the time. I was at the draft in Philadelphia. I was standing in front of the Rocky Steps. Me and my guy, Mike Gill, who's been on this show, he does uh, radio there in New Jersey. I just met him that day. You know how I am. I can go anywhere, and, and there's no strangers. If you're around, you're, you, me and you are homeboys. I, I became friends with Mike Gill that day. The whole security said there's no getting to the front of the stage. You guys have to go all the way to the back. And I'll tell you what, Demond, you couldn't even see the stage for where they said that we had to stand. Mm. So we were angry. And I looked at Mike and I said, this is unacceptable. And Mike said, yeah, Mike Gill. What's your name? I said, Q. He said, yes, it's unacceptable. Let's do something about it. We made our way all the way up through security. It was three of us. Made our way all the way up to the front of the steps. We had the whole crowd behind us looking at our backs. We were standing in front. And once we got up front, Mike said, well, the only thing I know is we're here and we can't leave. If we leave, we're not going to make our way back. So I stood there the whole draft right there in Philadelphia. It was outside right in front of the Rocky Steps. When Kansas City traded up, I looked at Mike and I said, they're going to go get Patrick blank blank Mahomes. And he said, nah, they don't need a quarterback. They got Alex Smith. Next thing we knew. They announced that they were getting Patrick Mahomes. And I looked at him. I put my head down. I put my head on his shoulder, and I didn't even know him. Right? I just said, oh, man. He said, what's wrong? I said, the AFC West is going to hate this dude. That's a hell of a player. Didn't win a lot in college. That's a hell of a player and a hell of a quarterback, young, that Kansas City is going to have to tie up with Andy Reid. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, I, I respect the hell out of Patrick. Covered him in college. I know exactly. He went to White House High School. Like, I get it, right? I, I know every, everything that we can say. We've had people that call from East Texas. That's where Patrick Mahomes is from, East Texas. I get it. Man, this game, this game is a big deal. This game is a big deal for Kansas City as well. You know, there's been the the determination that the NFL is not going to have that game played, that Bills and, and, and Bengals game. So believe me, Kansas City wants to win this game more than anything. They want to win because it's playing against the Raiders, but they also want to win for their own their own sake when it comes to the playoffs and moving forward and their seeding in the playoffs. So there's a lot riding on this week's game. So I'm excited that this is the way that the Raiders have an opportunity to end the season as spoilers, as making the Chiefs go into the season, going into the playoffs, I should say, on a, on a low note. And we always use that phrase, a bad taste in your mouth. Right. Depending on, like Josh Jacobs, he said it, you don't know if you're This is the last time that this entire team yeah. is going to be together as a team. No matter who goes back, no matter who who comes back, no matter who leaves. Yep. But this is this team's last game to play together. Yep. And also, a bad taste in your mouth. Don't you just want to end the season on a high note? Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember the scene last year right here at Allegiant Stadium when the Raiders beat the, the Chargers and ended up making it to, uh, you know, obviously that, that punched their ticket to the playoffs. That won't do it. But I remember... Them winning that game, I remember that confetti coming down from the 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 you know the stadium and everything, and it was it was a lot of fun, and the crowd was excited and fired up and enthused, and Lil John was performing, and you know what I mean, like that's how you want to end. If you're gonna close up your season and you know that there's no game, we're not gonna be talking about games next week. We won't. When it comes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when we turn the page, we're not turning the page to anything. We're, when this game is over on Saturday, we're turning the page to the off season. So if they want to go out on a high note, just like what Devontae Adams was talking about that you put in that opener. That's, that's what they need to do. Go out there and play for pride and go out there and really put it on the line. So, I'm, again, I, I can salute you, and I can't salute you anymore about how excited I, I was when I heard that open right there because this game 
means so much. So coming up on the show today at 2.30, as I mentioned, turning the page to the Kansas City Chiefs. We tried to get a preview yesterday and just wasn't able to work, but that's okay. No worries. Joe Valerio, former Kansas City Chief offensive lineman. He's also a host on Believe in the Chiefs. He'll join us at 2.30. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about what it means to Kansas City and, you know, even, even what it would mean for the Raiders to beat Kansas City. You know, that we'll talk about that. We'll talk about, we all, we've been talking a lot throughout the course of the week about DeMar Hamlin. Well, Joe was on the field. Joe was the offensive lineman, and he was playing uh, when Dennis Bird from the Jets, when he all of a sudden dealt with paralysis, right? He was on the field. So uh, we're going to ask him about that situation and what it took for him to get over it as well. So Joe Valerio, former Kansas City Chief offensive lineman, believe in the Chiefs host, he'll join us at 2.30 to talk all things Kansas City at 3 o'clock. Kenny Shedd, former Raiders wide receiver. We've had him on the show before. Really good guy. He's now a, a police officer up in the uh, up in the Bay Area. He's going to join the show. And he was part of one of the most epic Raider and Chiefs games. And so we definitely wanted to get him on. And when I texted him and asked him to come on, he was like, yeah, I'll go on there and talk some trash. I want to talk. I mean, so <laughs> you can tell how much it meant to Kenny Shedd when I even asked him just to come on the show. He's like, yeah. I'll come on there and talk some trash. So he was with the Raiders in 99, and the game actually ended up being played on January 2nd, two, uh, 2000. But, man, a back-and-forth game between the Chiefs and the Raiders, a game that went to overtime, a game that looked like the Chiefs were going to blow them out. It was in Kansas City. Uh, the weather wasn't great. There was so many highs and lows in that game. But Kenny Shedd scored a touchdown on a special teams play. There was a block punt. He, he picked the ball out of the air and took it to the house. Similar to what Chandler Jones did, you know, a few weeks back where he took the ball of the air and took it to the house. Kenny Shedd took the ball of the air and took it to the house. He scored that touchdown uh, by way of special teams. And so that game was a big deal. It was a really big deal for Kenny. It was a big deal for the Raiders. And Tim Brown has said it so many times. I can't even count how many times he said it. But he said that that was the game that got them going. Them winning that game to end the season. That didn't put them in the playoffs. It was a wrap. Just like it's going to be a wrap on Saturday. But it made them all of a sudden be that team. And following that, all of a sudden they became that team for the AFC West, right? They eventually got to the the Super Bowl, didn't win it, but they eventually got there. So Kenny Shedd will join us at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, Navdeep Singh, the MD Chief Medical Officer for the Raiders, he's actually going to call in the show and talk about the conversations that he had with the players when they got back to work on Wednesday as they were trying to get back out on the practice field in preparation for this game on Saturday. Also, just talk about, you know, not what we saw on Monday as far as what happened, and he can't diagnose what happened. He wasn't there. I would never ask him to speculate, just like we had uh, Doc Flynn on earlier in the week. But what he can say is, okay, this is what they said happened, and so this is what it pertains to. And this is what the conversations were with some of the players, what their questions were when they got back to work, what, you know, what, what they were feeling as they were trying to get back onto the field. And it's not easy. And I've had a lot of people, I had somebody hit me up and say, oh, I doubt, doubt that NFL players, they're fragile like that. Like, you're making a big deal of it. They're not that fragile. And I was like, these dudes are just humans, right? I mean, they're humans. They're, yes, they're NFL players. They're athletes. I get it. But they're human beings, Right. And, and in the case of like a DJ Turner, that was his friend. That was his guy that he went to school with. Like, it's not about being fragile. That's that's the one problem that I have is that we're so quick to label everybody. If you show any emotions, I just did. No joke. And DeMond could tell you is as my witness. I just wrapped up a radio hit in Fresno with the same guy, CK, that I did the radio hit with on Tuesday when I literally was in tears. Right. I was I was on the phone with him and in tears on Tuesday. And today, he started off the whole interview saying, hey, I just want you to know I appreciate our conversation we had a couple days ago, and you ain't got no judging here. I don't mind if you know you get emotional. That's okay. Emotions are okay. There's a no-judge zone. 
But the problem is there's so many people that will judge, right? Oh, you're soft. You cried. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, there's many reasons for that. Hell, we had Lincoln Kennedy. I don't think anyone would call Lincoln Kennedy soft. He was on the show crying, right? We had him on on Tuesday. Was he not in tears? Oh, yeah, he was in tears. And also, it's that it's two layers for Lincoln. As someone who played in the league so he can understand the brotherhood, but someone who also has a son in the league. Right, so exactly. So, like what you said, what people want to call you soft, people just don't understand were that these guys, like you said, at the end of the day, they are human. Right. For you to see something traumatic like that, if you're watching on the field where I know that we didn't get to talk too much yesterday about the Kansas City side of things, but right. Kansas City, they're watching that game. You think those guys care about their playoff bursts once they see one of their fellow NFL brethren drop on the field suddenly? Right, exactly. Playoffs are out the window at that point. And the good thing is, I'm so excited that we're we're seeing positive news about DeMar Hamlin. We've, we And if you don't know the latest and the greatest when it comes to DeMar, um, he, he actually was communicating now he's awake and he's communicating with people by way of writing which I thought was cool one of the first things he wrote on the chalkboard was did we win the game like I thought like I, yes. I got a good laugh out of that not that this is a laughing matter but it isn't that like some you know what I mean like I put myself in those shoes you know what I mean like I feel like if I was in some bad situation I'd be like Damon what time's the show at and you're like dog you can't do the show no, I can't. What time is it? <laughs> you but know? the response that was given for DeMar to say, did we win the game? And yeah. the doctors to tell him, you won. You won your life. Right. That's something that you you would see in a movie. Right. When the guy wakes up. Yep. So that's really heartfelt to me. Like, that put a smile on my face reading those tweets mm-hmm. and also seeing the the video of the doctors that Ari Mayra put out at My Sports Update on Twitter if you want to see the video of the actual doctors talking. Yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. And look, I'm not rooting for him to come back and play football. I care less. And I'm sure he can care less. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure he probably wants to play again, but his family, I guarantee, can care less. They just want to see him healthy. They want to see him back to being the guy that he was and and living a normal life as much as it could be normal. Right. That's that's all that I think anyone should really care about at this point. So just to see that there is some interaction to see that he's, you know, squeezing and 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 holding people's hands and communicating by by writing right now. Like that's a that's a huge positive. So we'll, we'll talk to Doc, Doc Singh coming up at 3.30. He is the chief medical officer for the Raiders. He'll join us at 3.30 to talk about all of that and then some as the Raiders prepare for their game on Saturday against Kansas City. Then at 4.30, Vinny Bonsignor, who's over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center right now. He's actually going to be going into the locker room as the Raiders have open locker room. Uh, they have some, their, their practices open to the media. I saw a, a report that Josh Jacobs was not at practice. You know, we'll look at the injury report when we get it. He wasn't at practice today. He wasn't in practice yesterday. I don't know if he's going to play on Saturday. I have no idea. My expectations is that he's going to play, but who knows? You, you really don't. You know, I know he's dealing with a hip and an oblique injury. At least that was what he was dealing with on Tuesday. On on Wednesday, it was a personal day on the injury report. So who knows? We'll find out today uh, what you know what the status is for Josh Jacobs, and then we'll find out on Saturday if he's in or out. I personally, and this is me being selfish. I'll go ahead and put that out there. I hope he plays Saturday. I want him to get 100 yards rushing. I really do. <laughs> I hope he gets about 20 carries and 100 yards. Once you hit that 100-yard mark, go ahead and check out. I feel fine, right? Because I feel like, look, if he puts 100 yards on top of the 200 yards that he's already ahead of Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry, I feel like he's going to win the rushing title. And again, it's just me being selfish. I know Josh Jacobs, and he's been on this airways very many times, from conversations in the locker room to just being on the show. He don't give a damn about any of that stuff. Right, he's already earned his money. He's already proven who he can be. He doesn't. He doesn't even have to take the field on Saturday if he doesn't want to. I think he will, just like he said in the locker room that hey, you know, if I if I feel like I can go, I wouldn't be able to look my brothers in their eye if I if I don't go. 
If I feel like that there's a chance that I can go, I need to go for them. That's just how he's built. So we'll see what happens with him. But like I said, I'm being selfish. I have no problem saying that. I don't want anyone to get it twisted. Selfishly, I want to see him play because I want to make sure that he wins that rushing title. I just think that'd be awesome for him. But we also saw it in the, for the lead-up to the Seahawks game with the calf injury. He didn't need to practice. No. I'm not saying that, you know, Josh, like, right. oh, you don't, Josh McDaniels doesn't want him out there on the practice field. But this could be a situation where, hey, big dog, just rest up. Right. They're not practicing a yeah. whole lot anyway these days, right? They're, they're, it's glorified walkthroughs, meetings, maybe a little practice. But you're right. Look, Josh Jacobs knows how to hit the hole. He knows how to follow his blocker. He knows how to hold on to the rock. At this point, that's all they need. Already seen the Chiefs once before this year. Right. Exactly. He knows what to expect. Just like, you know, uh, Devontae Adams, if he weren't to practice all week, I think he'd be all right. <laughs> I think he'd be okay out there. I'm just, you know, I'm going to go out there on a limb. I'm, I'm going to go with a hot take. <laughs> I think those guys will be all right if they don't practice and they decide to play on Saturday. I think that they'll do just fine, but that's just me. Who maybe, knows? maybe. Maybe you know what you're talking about. Right, exactly. So Vinny Bonsignor will join us at 4.30. So up at 2.30, Joe Valerio, former Kansas City Chief Offensive Lineman, also host of Believe in the Chiefs podcast. Kenny Shedd, former Raider wide receiver at 3. Navdeep Singh, the MD, Chief Medical Officer for the Raiders at 3.30. And Vinny Bonsignor closes us out at 4.30. And of course, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show at 702-365-9200 and our don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. Now that that's all out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into... The opening drive. The opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And before I throw a question out there for the opening drive, I'm going to go ahead and defer to the don'tbebroke.com text line. And Sir Whiskey Ray sent us a text, and it really segues perfectly into the question that I was going to ask. He says, Q&D, happy Thursday, gentlemen. I'll get straight to my point. I absolutely hate the Kansas City Chiefs and them ugly white and red uniforms. I can't express how many games I went to in Oakland versus Kansas City and losing. Sitting there in my seat asking, how did we lose this game against Kansas City? Especially that Andre Rising game winning score. I remember that game like yesterday. This may be our last game, but I want to beat those guys so bad and end the 2022 season on a high note. I'd love to spoil the Chiefs' chances of that number one seed by winning come Saturday. Let's go Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. It is so funny. One, there's a couple things in that in that text. Thank you so much, Sir Whiskey Ray. We appreciate you. I was just talking about Andre Bad Moon Rising and that and that touchdown that happened on Monday Night Football in Oakland. I was sick. I bring it up on the show a lot. I was so sick when that happened. Elvis Gerback, who wasn't worth a salt, terrible quarterback, was the quarterback of the Chiefs, threw that pass, beat Eric Turner. Eric Turner, rest in peace. Andre Risen catches the game-winning touchdown, runs over to the goalpost, jumps on the goalpost a little like Pac-Man Jones used to do, right? And the rest is history. I'm at my mama's house, and all of a sudden the phone rings. The house phone rings. I knew immediately as soon as I heard that ring what it was and who it was. I didn't have to, we didn't have caller ID. I'm an old head, right? We didn't have caller ID. That was my man, Corey. Corey was calling. Mom says, boy, phone's for you. Pick up the phone. Yes, Corey. Elvis Gerbeck? Elvis Gerbeck? I, I, I mean, and he's like gorilla-like because he's a big dude, right? He looks like he looks like Faze on Love, like Big Worm in Friday. That's who Corey looks like. He looks like Big Worm. And he's he gives his little belly roll laugh. Ah, 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 ah. Elvis Gerbeck. Bye, Corey. Like, bye, Felicia. Hung up on him. So, yeah, Sir Whiskey Ray, I'm with you, man. That game made me sick. 
Just made me sick. It was awful. But that was actually the question that I wanted to ask. So Sir Whiskey Ray knows me really well, read my mind. What would a victory over the Chiefs on Saturday mean to you to close out the 2022 season? Again, it's it's hard sometimes for players to get up for games that don't mean anything. And this one technically doesn't mean anything. But I think the NFL did the Raiders a favor in the fact that they're playing a division rival and they're playing the Chiefs and they're the most hated division rival as far as I'm concerned. So at least if there's anything to hang your hat on, you think back to week five should have had those guys. Had them right where you wanted them. Let them off the hook, right? Wasn't that what Denny Green said? Had them wherever you wanted to. You want to anoint him the king? Go ahead and anoint him, right? Shout out to Denny. Let him off the hook. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited because it's that built-in rivalry. Right, If there's any motivation that the Raiders need to go out there and play a hell of a game is the fact that everyone knows Kansas City is going to the playoffs. But like Sir Whiskey Ray said, why don't you go ahead and spoil their, their, their party? Right? Don't let them come into your house, get that dub, leave celebrating. Make them leave not playing their best ball, all of a sudden questioning how they're playing going into the playoffs, not letting them be that number one seed. That game, if you're going to win a game, I want, I want the Raiders to win every game. Don't get me, don't, don't get me wrong. I wanted them to win on Sunday against San Francisco. Felt like they had a good chance. They, they fell a little short. I would love to see them win this game, close out the season on a high note, just like they did a season ago, even though the win that they had in Week 18 then had you know, sent them to the playoffs. But there's really, at this point, I feel like the, the best high of this season would be sending the Chiefs back to Kansas City with a loss. What are your thoughts, Damon? Oh, no, that's exactly what the players should be hoping for. That's what the fan base should be hoping for, to send Kansas City home with a loss. And then who knows? Maybe they get the number two seed. They don't get the first round bye. Right. Let's say Baltimore has to go to Kansas City and pulls off the miraculously the miraculous upset. And then Raider fans could say, you know how you use that logic that maybe it's not yeah, there, yeah, yeah. but you could still say they didn't get the number two seed because of us, and then they ended up losing in the first round That's right? because of us. Played a role in that. Played a role in that. Hey, look, whatever you need. Whatever you need, whatever gets you out of bed in the morning, that's fine with me. I'm good with it. I might, hey, look, man, I might do a little stroll around the stadium, right? After after we do the, the, the media session, we go into the locker room, interview the players and all that. Before I head back to Lot 89 and go to the car, I might do a little stroll around the stadium like George Jefferson back in the day. You know, let my, <laughs> let my hands, uh, you know, sway from side to side a little bit. Be like, that's right. You know, and, and I'm not celebrating the season because the season's not the way that the Raiders wanted it to go, but... It would be great to end on a high note. Why not? Why not win? go out on a high note? Why not beat your division rivals? I'm, I'm with it, man. I, I think it would be I think it'd be fantastic. And I know some Raider fans are going to say, oh, but then the, the draft, your draft stock, I don't give a rats about the draft stock. And nobody in that locker room is going to care no. did you move from the 7th no. pick to no. the 10th pick. You think Jerron Harmon cares where they pick? No. You, you think Nate Hobbs cares where they pick? No. Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Foster Morrow. No, none of those cats care where the Raiders pick next year. One, all those players ain't going to be there next year. They want to win. And if there's no other reason to win, you're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs who think that they're going to the Super Bowl. So why don't you go ahead and make it a little tougher on them? Why not? Glenn in San Jose hit us up at 69187, keyword r That's our don'tbebroke.com text line. What up, Q? What up, Damon? A win on Saturday would be absolute, in capital letters, momentum for next season. They've done it before. That's Glenn in San Jose. And when he put absolute in capital letters, DeMond, you know who he was talking to. He wasn't talking to me. Wasn't talking to me, man. Glenn, buddy, love you. But let's be real here. Glenn, don't listen to him. He don't know no better. 
it would be great. The locker room is still going to be jumping if they win that game on Saturday. But momentum for next season. That's not necessarily true, though. You don't think you don't think the locker Tim room? Brown. Okay. Tim no, Brown said. Tim Brown said that that game that they had ninety nine. It was actually two thousand. Was the calendar year when they closed out in Kansas City with that victory helped them. He said that momentum helped them for the next few seasons as they all of a sudden they kind of pushed them over the top. I'm not saying that that's going to necessarily do that. We know the players are going to be different. So I'm with you. You can't you know build off of it necessarily, but it gives some belief to those that are going to be there. It gives some belief to head coach Josh McDaniels. You know he's coming back, right? I, there's so I think there's a little. I, I I understand where you're coming from. It's not the momentum of oh hey here's a three game winning streak or four game winning streak. These guys are on fire. No, because you have the whole off season, so that fire is going to go out at some point, right? It ain't a it ain't a forever flame, <laughs> so it's going to go out at some point. But I do think that it could show just like what we saw on Sunday, what the offense could look like. What if, what if the Raiders' offense goes out and puts up a good performance and the defense seals the deal? You tell me that doesn't give a little bit of extra air in the chest to Patrick Graham and his defensive players in that locker room? Like, hey, man, close out the game. Shows what the team could do. Now, if you add to it, think about how much better the team could be. I think there's a little something to it. It might not necessarily be momentum 100%, but there's a little something to it, I think. Yes, especially if you want to add it with the 49ers' close defeat where the, one of, let's say, the best two teams from each conference – and you, let's say, lose by, you know, one score to one team and then beat the other, yes, that could be that good feeling going into next season of, man, if we played like that all of last season, imagine how good we could have been. But also those Raider teams of the past, that 20, you know, those 20 years ago team, they still had more of a finished product where it was just getting over the hump. Right. More of that roster was coming back together. I feel like with this defense, we don't know besides Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, Nate Hobbs, me, look, Rob, like, look, there's look. a lot of. I, I'm starters. about to say, there's a lot you of. You can turnover. stop after Max Crosby. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, I'll be. I'll, let's keep it a buck. <laughs> let's keep it a buck. That's what we do here on Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920. I see Max Crosby. I know he'll be back next year. I couldn't tell you about anyone else on the line or on the on the on the defensive side of the ball. I couldn't tell you. I think that there's a couple guys that'll return for sure, but that's just me going with my gut feeling. The only guy that I know for 100% that will be back in 2023 on the defensive side of the ball is Max Crosby, and that's it. Nate Hobbs, Trayvon Merrick, Jerron Harmon, Denzel Perryman, Luke Masterson, Darian Butler. I mean, do you want me to keep keep going? Bilal Nichols. It's everybody except Max Crosby. Exactly. I mean, Chandler Jones. And I know that there's, you know, there's contracts that, that are involved in all these different guys. But as far as guys that are no-brainers, there's one dude. And his name has two X's in it. Whenever I have a room that has two X's in it, it's a problem. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> but no, two X's. That's Max Crosby. That's the one cat that we know for a fact, 100% fact. We'll be back on the defensive side of the ball in 2023. Everyone else, it's up in the air. So uh, let us know, Raider Nation, what would a victory over the Chiefs on Saturday to close out the 2022 season, what would that mean to you? 69187, keyword R&R. That's the don'tbebroke.com text line. Hit us up on that because coming up next, we're going to dip inside uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and their mindset with Joe Valerio, former Kansas City Chief offensive lineman and also host of Believe in the Chiefs. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
we're obviously super excited for the challenge. Um, you know, specifically with their with their front, their front four is uh, explosive. They got fast linebackers. They got guys in the secondary that can move around and and make plays on the ball. So uh, it's going to be a tremendous challenge for us, um, and we're we're really excited about it. This is unnecessary roughness. Here's your boy Q. That was Raiders quarterback Jarrett Stidham preparing for his second career start this Saturday against Kansas City. Week 18 action will close out the regular season, and we've been asking the question, what would a victory over Kansas City on Saturday to close out 2022 season, what would that mean to you? Carmine hit us up on Twitter and said, Q, I'd just love to go through this offseason with a smile on my face knowing we beat the fat man in Vegas talking about Andy Reid. That's a hell of a coach right there and Andy Reid, and so uh, I can understand the feelings there. Carmine, thank you for your response. Join us now on the phone lines is a former Kansas City Chief offensive lineman and might have taken that uh, that fat man comment because, you know, they got the big uglies up front, so he might have been called that at some point, but we got Joe Valerio on the, on the uh, phone lines, and Joe, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Did they ever call you a fat man when you're on the offensive line or they call you the big uglies? Uh, you know, I didn't mind being called a fat man. I mean, we used to play fat. We used to play fat man football, and that was the offensive line versus the defensive line on uh, Fridays uh, after our walkthrough. You know, or after our practice, we'd have a little. We called it fat man football. We'd play from the five yard line, make it, take it, play the five, and you know, we found out who the real athletes were. Q and uh, generally, it was the offensive lineman that won. I, I'm, those games, I'm not mad at you. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Joe Valerio is our guest. And you got touchdowns under your belt, so you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was I was the wide receiver. That's what they used to call me, the wide receiver. <laughs> um, you know, making that transition. But no, it's great to be with you, Q, and uh what a what a wild week it's been, you know, and um amazing and, and I hear great things. Uh you know, I've been following all day while I've been working here, uh, about Damar Hamlin and, and some some positive uh you know, developments and things like that. So that's a, that's a real, you know, sigh of relief. We can breathe that he's, he's making, moving in the right direction. Obviously I'm sure he's not out of the woods at this point, but it's great to hear that he's at least making some positive, uh, positive strides. Yeah, no, it really is. And it's something I've been monitoring really closely and, you know, it made everyone emotional, made myself emotional just talking about him. But I did want to start off and ask you about that because you know about situations like that firsthand. I mean, you were on the field uh, back in the day with Dennis Bird from the Jets when he suffered paralysis, man. What, what, what was going through your mind when you were on that field and you saw, you know, your, your fraternity brother, which is a, a, a NFL player going through what he was going through? Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter what color jersey anybody's wearing at that point. You know, you just all you're worried about is somebody who's in the fraternity and the brotherhood, right? You're like, geez, man, it just wanted to be okay. And um, you know, I actually had my hands on him when it happened. Uh, I was I was starting right tackle in that game uh, at the Meadowlands in New York, and uh, John Walt was the left tackle, and we both got short corner to keep the story short. And uh, you know, Scott Merceru got on John Alt, our left tackle, short corner. I gave Dennis a little bit of a short corner because I was manned up on him. So I was trying to take away the inside because, man, he was an incredible pass rusher. And I was trying to take away the inside, not give him a direct pass to Dave Craig. And, you know, he, I gave him too much of the outside. And, you know, I, one of the things I always questioned Q was like, God, what if, what if, what if I just would have, what if I just would have blocked him better? What if I would have blocked him worse? You know, what if mm-hmm. I just would have let him go and he would have got a clean sack, you know, and you almost, almost like you feel that like responsibility for, for when things like that happen on the field. And, you know, those situations, um, those, those sort of very serious 
physical, I'll call this, I'll call that a physical injury mm-hmm. as opposed to like maybe what happened to DeMar is like almost like a bodily injury. I don't know if I'm, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no doctor, right. but you know, just like, like it's a little bit of a different, right? I mean, Dennis Bird never lost consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, gave the thumbs up off the stretcher and, you know, in situations like that, as horrible as it was that he ultimately, you know, lost a lot of use of his legs. He ended up did walking, he ended up walking again, but you know, guys like Mike Utley, who, you know, were paralyzed from the waist down for, you know, the rest of, you know, he's been paralyzed for the rest of his life. I mean, at, at the very least, okay, not to minimize it, but, you know, those guys are given the thumbs up when they're going off the field, even though it's in a stretcher and it's, you know, people are very suspicious of a neck injury and whether, you know, what, what it's going to look like for that particular player. They're alive, you know, they're yeah. breathing yeah. And, 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 and they're like, you know, you, you, there's like, an, you look to play in the NFL, you have to be an optimist. You can't be, you can't be a pessimist, right? Mm-hmm. So the optimist is you as a player is going off the field. And, and as we were, right, as the Chiefs and the Jets in that particular game, we're watching Dennis get carted off and, you know, you know five minutes before I had my hands on him. And, and it's like, all right, well, listen, he's got, he's awake. He's got a thumbs up going He's talking, he's, you know, he's going to be okay. Not that being paralyzed is okay, but, right. you know, he's going to live. Yeah. yeah. This thing with DeMar was like mind blowing, right? That like, look, I'm again, I'm no doctor, no physician or anything like that, but like he, there's probably a chance that he was clinically maybe dead, right? Right. Cause he yeah. had to have CPR and the, the AEDs had to come out. And like, you're just like, what in the world? So people ask, like, how could you play after something like what happened to Dennis Bird? It's it's because football players are, are the eternal optimists, right? Mm-hmm. But there is no doubt that that game needed to end when when Demar Hamlin went down and, and everybody figured out what was going on. Like that that was there is no player in this universe in that brotherhood of, of the NFL that would even consider getting the kind of emotion you would need to play the game of football after something like that. And uh, I you know, I just I'm just glad that they canceled the game. Yeah, and whatever they need to do, to they need to be respectful of Demar, his family, the situation, and that's what the NFL needs to do. Because here's what the the players in the NFL and the coaches in the front office they're going to be fine with whatever decision is made as long as it is respectful to the teams that were involved and to Demar Hamlin. Right. Whether it means squashing the bye week before the Super Bowl. Players are like, all right, whatever. We're doing this for DeMar. Mm-hmm. Or or if it's, hey, flip a coin and see who gets AFC home field advantage. Chiefs, Bengals, Bills. And if whatever the coin toss comes out, players will go, fine, we're doing it for DeMar. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, 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 I just have a, I have a feeling that the, that the players are going to be absolutely fine with how, whatever decision is made as long as they do it respectfully. I agree 100%. And, and again, that's been something that I've been talking about all week here on the station is that, you know, it's about tomorrow that's the most important thing. I mean, the game is just that at this point. It is just a game. And his life means so much more than that. Again, we're talking with Joe Valerio, former Kansas City Chief Offensive Lineman here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And Joe, I wanted to ask you because these guys got back to work on Wednesday. That's when you turned the page. And I know that everyone wasn't just gung-ho on getting back to work. How difficult is that as the NFL player to all of a sudden get back on the grind Knowing that you're still so many questions about your your brother that's laying in the hospital. Oh, so it's 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 gonna it's at the front of everybody's mind, right? You're thinking about him. You're thinking about his family. I mean, I just remember talking with Dave uh, uh, Jeff Criswell uh, after um, you know after the Dennis Bird incident, and and he came to the Chiefs after having played with Dennis on the Jets, and 
you know, Jeff, the first thing, a lot of us didn't know this, and Jeff shared that private moment that he, you know, they had had with, with Dennis when he came to after hours and hours of surgery. You know, the first thing Dennis said was, hey, am I going to be able to hug my kids and play with them and hug my wife? Like, that's he, he didn't say, oh, my God, I just, I, you know, I was, he was going into his fourth season. What was going to happen to the big contract? Am I going to play the game of football? He's like, am I going to be able to hug my kids? Mm-hmm. And, like, it really, that's what the kind of commentary that puts things into perspective for, for players, right? He, that's, that's all that he was concerned about. And it's hard. It's hard for players to get back that emotion. But, you know, guys like DeMar Hamlin, from, from what I know and what I've seen, I don't know him, obviously, but I've seen the social media stuff and I've seen what people have said about him and what an amazing, amazing, amazing young man he is. Um, he's probably a guy that, like, at the end of the day, He's saying, I, want, I don't want this game to stop because of me, right? right? I want this game to go on. It was something that he poured his whole heart and soul and his whole life into accomplishing that, a great goal of playing in the NFL. And I'm sure he's probably one of those players that wants his, his brothers to go out and, and play and do it for him. And, and I think that's, you know, that's sort of the mentality of, of, of 99% of NFL players. They want the game to go on, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think getting back to work, it's, while it's not easy – I think part of it, you know, if you look at it a certain way and maybe the right way, it's, you know, you pay, you're paying honor to somebody who's, who's kind of given his whole self to playing football. You're going to go out and continue that game that he loves so much. You could tell he loved and he loved playing. And he loved having his family involvement and the platform, right, that he was trying to create. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he would, I'm sure, I mean, I don't want to put th- words into his mouth or thoughts into his head, but I'm sure he's one of those those people that just would have wanted this game to go on for everybody else's sake. Cause there's a lot of people involved in an NFL season. Yeah. Thousands, thousands, yep. not just the 53 players and the 20 coaches and the front office. I mean, the fans and sponsors and, you know, uh, you know, all the vendors and lively, there's a lot of livelihood to go on with yeah. the game of, around the game of football or any sport. Right. And I'm sure DeMar Hamlin wouldn't want to hold that up. Well, I'll tell you what, it told me all I needed to know about the young man when, uh, you know, he's, he's communicating by way of writing and he says, did we win the game? Right. When he, when he said that, I got to laugh. And I know the situation is not funny, but man, it made me laugh because Joe, isn't that so much like an NFL player or anyone with a competitive edge to him? Like, Hey, I know I went down, but did we win the game? It's unbelievable. I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm getting the hair on the back of my neck is standing. Up. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about about what it must have been like in the room when he said that right. know, or wrote that down. Yeah, it's just a you know, it's just amazing. He's it's just it's just another testament to what an amazing young uh, man he is and what a what a great person he is. And you know, just I just wish him all his family all the best and as speedy as recovery as he can and keep our prayers and thoughts going. You know, for him and all those positive vibes because. You know, it's it, it. While it is a, a violent game, uh, it, you know, it is a game played by human beings mm-hmm. and and people who have feelings and and like you said, they're competitive and and this whole life. You know, you, you listen. NFL players don't become competitive the day that they sign an NFL contract, right? right. <laughs> the NFL players, you know, it starts when you're young and it starts with that competitive attitude and the desire to work and and be the best that you can be and. And that's what I think, you know, that's what I think uh, people like DeMar Hamlin uh, epitomize. Right. You know, he, he's just he's just one of those those players that he, just, he didn't even become great the day he signed with the Bills. He's, he's, he's been doing, working hard and putting in the work his whole life. And, and I just was, yeah, it's, it's amazing to hear somebody say something like that, you know, when 
he, he may not even know how traumatic it really was at that right. point unless somebody told him, yep. you know, and which is just, which is just amazing. And, um, you know, I just, I just saw so many positive human, human things happening during the course of that, the way the fans appreciated it, the way that the, you know, the media, uh, most of the media has approached this. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just been a, a, a incredible to watch, you know, human beings coming together like that. Yeah, no, it really has. I'm, I'm really excited about the direction that it feels like it's going. Of course, like you mentioned, not out of the woods yet, but at least it seems like that. You know, he's he's getting to you know a better place, and he's mm-hmm. getting he's getting where he needs to be. Again, former Kansas City Chief offensive lineman Joe Valerio joins us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Demond's got one for you. Yeah, you something you said something a little while ago that struck me about football players being the ultimate optimist. And I just wanted you to touch on that a little bit more because obviously everyone in the NFL, you're big, you're strong, but you had to work to get there. So what's it like when you work to get to the NFL, you make it, and then you've got guys from the number one pick to the seventh round pick or an undrafted free agent who still has that optimism of, hey, I'm going to be the best player that I can be. Yeah, it's what drives. It's a great question. It, I think it's that optimism is what drives players to keep going through the hard work, you know, and, and, and not to be cliche about it, but, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into, you know, accomplishing a goal like that, but also wanting to drive it forward, right? I mean, you know, you, you look at just, I, th- I think one of the things that epitomizes the optimism of, of players is you see the way that, you know, the vast majority of, of retired players approach the game you know, with their teams, right? Think about this. Think about this. When you see a player who, who, who is not on a team anymore, I'm, and let's, take a, let's take aside the handful of guys that retire on their own, their own wishes, right. okay? And I'll just, guys that I know, the Marcus Allens, the, 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 the Joe Montanas, you know, players that just say, okay, my body's had enough, I've had enough, I've loved this game, I'm walking away. Those guys are actually few and far between. When you look at the 15, 1,600 players that play, what is there, maybe 10 of those guys a year? Everybody else, you're tearing the pads off of these guys, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. you, you, you got to kick, kick them out the door. And, and, but yet, the, you know, I say this to people all the time. People say, how can, you, how can you really like the Chiefs? They fired you, Joe. Like, you know, I work in corporate insurance now. And, like, if my company fired me, I'm not sure I'm going back to the reunion. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not going to the summer barbecue that the team leader has at their house if that was the, the guy that fired me, right? Like, yep. But, like, the NFL, they fire you. At, and I use that term, right, because we, we use a lot of euphemisms, right? Oh, I got – the guy's got waved. He got cut. Like, you got fired. Let's just – you know, let's, let's, call, let's call it what it is, right? Yep. And, 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 and but, but yet still, I've, I have an affinity to the Chiefs because they gave me an opportunity to do something. And, and I'm optimistic about the fact that, look, I just realized it was my time to be done. And I had some injuries. I wasn't starting. And the Chiefs moved on. I moved on. And I still go back to alumni events. I still have an incredible affinity for the Chiefs. I love everybody that was ever involved with in the organization. And, you know, and, and Carl Peterson was the GM, and God rest his soul, Marty Schottenheimer was my coach. Mm. And when I would see them post-retirement, you know, I'd still hug them. Coach, thank you for the opportunity you gave me, even, even though you air quote fired me. I never said that to them, but <laughs> but but like, I mean, I guess I hope that answers your. That's question a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> I didn't know, think about it like that. <laughs> Marcus Allen, right? Ra- Raiders legend, yep. Chiefs legend, right? Guy, w- w- you know, wore both was on both sides of the fence, right? Here's a guy, you know, 
what a what a what a way that it ended for him, right? In in in, in with the Raiders, and but mm-hmm. yet he's a Raider through and through for the rest of his life, and he would always say that. And he also considers himself a chief too. And it's that kind of attitude, I think, that really makes professional athletes a little different. Yeah, and uh, you know that, how they break the mold a little bit when they're created. I agree, a hundred percent. That was such a great way of putting it, man. It just really kind of put everything into perspective where we, as just average everyday Joes, can understand. And no disrespect to Joe, your name, but I mean, I'm just saying we're just we're average everyday cats, man. And 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 you made it, you know, just like hey, we could be involved and we could be on that same level. So, Joe, as we get ready to close things out, I just really. Want want to know the Raiders and the Chiefs they went toe-to-toe week five how much different is this Kansas City team now as they were then I mean I think Eric Bieniemy is trying to wedge in a little bit more of a run game um you know and he has you know towards the last third of the season uh so I think I think they look a little different from, from a running perspective I think they've opened up the playbook a little bit more um you know obviously the Raiders look a little bit different without having Derek Carr yeah at the at the helm and that's and that's going to provide you know how much how much film do the chiefs have on jared stidham right right? like that's and that's and i'm telling you that is a that's a that's a big thing you know when you when you're a defensive back and you know linebacker and you can't really you've never seen a guy's eyes and where they look and what their check downs look like and what kind of plays are going to suit him you know they could come out and surprise you know the chiefs team even even though they've got a, a decent you know Vegas line uh, going in the Chiefs' favor. I mean, this you're playing for pride at this point, right? right and yeah. NFL players don't they don't they don't roll over, and 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 they're gonna. I'm, I'm sure the Raiders and I, Josh Jacobs always scares the living daylights out of me because we know that if he gets going and they keep he keeps Patrick Mahomes off the field, anything can happen. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I think this is I think it's going to be another good game because the Chiefs. Well, they've shown everybody over the course of the last you know this season. I'll say I'll call it the whole season. They really haven't beaten the teams they were supposed to beat handily, mm-hmm. right? They, they, you know, the, the six and ten Raiders they they struggled with, right? They've struggled with the Broncos, which is they were the Broncos were a dumpster fire inside of a dumpster fire, and 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 they struggled with them a little bit from a you know being able to put them away perspective and put the pedal the metal on them, and it's happened a lot for the Chiefs this season and. You know, listen. It's it's always going to be the AFC West, and you're always going to have these rivalries, and there's still going to be Raiders Week signs yep. hanging in, in in the Chiefs locker room. And I'll I'll never forget Art Shell. Man, he was he was he used to crack us up, and he used to tell us stories about those old Raider teams. And I I still hear the winds of fall and that John Facenda's voice mm-hmm. when I think about the Raiders. And uh, it's a great organization. They're NFL royalty. And I, I just think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a great game. I really do. I did too. Anything can happen. Yeah, I'm excited about it as well. I know you know the Raiders aren't going into the playoffs like the Chiefs are, but uh, man, they would love for nothing else than to to win that game, close out the season with a W at home against the AFC West rival. And you brought up Jarrett Stidham, and I did want to ask you, how do you think? Because Steve Spagnola, Kansas City, they're used to Derek Carr sitting in the pocket being that guy. Stidham has shown, as he showed on Sunday, the willingness to run. How does that change the mentality of what Steve Spagnola does as far as a defensive coordinator, how he tries to set up his team for success? Oh, yeah. Well, it's just like it's any, it's any guy who can beat you with their legs, right? I mean, it's, uh, you know, Patrick's not the guy that guy's going to, like, completely beat you with his legs, but he does move around the pocket and get yeah. out. Um, yeah, it definitely changes what you have to do. I think they're going to have to use a disciplined rush, right? They, they can't. You can't do a traditional around the edge, rush up the middle, bull rush, create lanes 
for for Stidham because he's going to find the pocket within the pocket, right? He's going to find a way to get open. He's mobile. He can move. And I think they're going to have to approach this game maybe the way that they uh, they'll have to take some pages out of the playbook of the way they approach Josh Allen um, to to a certain degree. Um, and not to make comparisons, you know, right. uh, about those two, but 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 I think that's probably what a Spagnuolo is going to do. He's not going to be able to rely on you know that statuesque quarterback standing back there and being able to, to, to pull the plug on, you know, on a wild rush. Um, it's going to have to be a definitely a different rush against Stidham, which then I think opens up things for, for Josh Jacobs, which, you know, which is scary for me. Um, and, and I think, I think that's, that's kind of the recipe for, uh, for, for the Raiders ha- having a really great game against the Chiefs is, is, is see what, see what you can do to go with Josh Jacobs until the Chiefs stop it. And then, and then see what Stidham can do with his arms and his feet. And, and I think the, that'd be a good good recipe for for the Raiders' success. It's going to be interesting. It, it really will, man. Again, it's it's week eighteen. It's Raiders. It's Chiefs. You know the rivalry. Both teams want to win no matter what. And uh, Kansas City, Joe. I mean, they've got a lot on the line as well. I mean, this game is not just a game. I mean, this means a lot to Kansas City. And it's also, on a side note, it's also the first game played since what we saw happen on Monday night as well. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be the first one, and and um, it'll be interesting to see how the players are reacting and what kind of speed and tenacity that they're going after each other with, um, you know, because it's going to be in the back of everybody's mind for right. for, for for a little bit, and then and then they're going to remember that you know players play this game knowing the risks all the time. They they it never it never leaves your mind, but you you learn to put that out of your mind as as far as you know what the odds are that things like that can happen uh, on a football field. And, you know, the, the, the benefits of football and the joys of playing it, you know, for a lot of people far outweigh the risks. And uh, I think once they get the juices flowing, they'll, they'll kind of remember why they play and, and who they're playing for. And, and, and they'll put that all, I think they'll put that all behind them. You know, I know, I know. I told you that that was like the final question, like eighteen questions ago. But I did, I did want to ask you, as a former player, do you expect to see any players this week, not just Chiefs or Raiders, but just this weekend, any of them say, you know what, thanks, but yeah, no, no thanks for this weekend. Do you think you'll see anybody kind of sit out because they're just not ready yet? No, I really don't. Okay. I, I think everybody's going to. I think I, at least I, I haven't heard or seen, or I would think anybody would. I think players. Uh, no, like I said, they, they kind of know not to use that term, overuse it, but they know the risks, right? And and they they play this game, and they they always know that things uh, can happen. And um, you know, I I mean, I it's very rare that a player would say, you know what, I'm I'm just going to sit this one out because of what happened. And, and and I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure this off season will provide a lot of thought right. behind some players who may have issues that maybe things that we don't know about that, that they know about that's a, maybe it's a, it's something between the training staff and the, and the general manager and the player that maybe they have a condition they're playing with. I'm sure, I'm sure there will be some players in the off season that will think about it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't foresee it happening this quickly, uh, you know, after that. No, it makes sense. It really does. And that's why we ask you as a, as a former offensive lineman, a former player in the NFL. I mean, look, we're guys that are sitting on the sideline. We're watching. So we want to get the information uh, from a guy like you that's been there, done that, and has played at the highest level. Well, Joe, fantastic stuff, man. Thanks for giving us some extra time. My man, Demond's going to send you that check that whatever it is, don't worry. Demond will send it to you immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Q, it's always great to join you, man. And anytime you, you got my contact info or ever need insights or whatever, just uh, give me a shout. It's always great to join you. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, and, and, and 
share some insights. So thanks. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you so much, man. Have a great one, and uh, we'll talk soon. There he goes. Joe Valerio right there, former Kansas City Chief Offensive Lineman. Believe in the Chiefs podcast as well on Twitter at Joe Valerio 73 if you want to check him out. And I didn't plan on having him for 24 minutes. I'm glad we did. A lot of fantastic stuff. DeMond's like, I don't know when we're going to get commercials in, but we're going to do it at some point. I'm only going to ask and say one question more. <laughs> DeMond's like, if you don't go to break, I'm going to go ahead and wring your neck. I'll, all right, Joe. All right. Joe Valerio, thank you very much to him. Coming up next, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. Kenny Shedd, former Raider wide receiver. He'll join the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.